0: want to know more about cryptocurrency well you're in the right place this is crypto unplugged a fact-based straight talk and no-nonsense look into the world of cryptocurrency we discuss trading strategies and market advice review up-and-coming projects and more and we've got years of experience and knowledge that can help new and seasoned investors become more confident and comfortable navigating the cryptocurrency landscape now let's get to the podcast Here's your host, Dr. Crypto. Welcome, listeners, to another episode of Crypto Unplugged. Doc, as usual, as your host, and we're in episode 34, and today's episode is about the merge. What is Ethereum's merge? We're also going to be giving you a quick update on the markets and hopefully take a few questions if we have time at the end of the episode. Now, listeners, you've noticed that we've shifted our podcast. You're going to be listening to this on a Wednesday, our regular podcast. And some of you who have been following us on social media, on Twitter, um, you have noticed our announcement that we've got now three Crypto Unplugged uh, podcast episodes released every week. So we have Market Mondays with Oz, and that's going to be released as a podcast and a YouTube video. So you can see the visuals as well. Our main podcast show, which is this one. Used to be released every Thursday, and as opposed to Thursday, is now going to be re- released every Wednesday to spread it out. And we also have our five minute Friday show, which is released on Friday. Oz is with me. Oz, what's going on? Yeah, I'm uh, really
1: good at the moment. Uh, as you all know, um, Man United going into the mar- uh, into the into the transfer market, Markets. and uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, buying a, <laughs> buying a promising coin at the moment, which is Anthony. You know, I think twenty-two-year-old uh, uh, Neymar. So yeah, it's going to be uh, interesting times at the moment. I had uh, actually, uh, I was quite interesting. I was, I was, I was reading uh, Klopp uh, just just maybe an hour ago, and he said we were going to buy. <laughs> he said we were going to buy a midfielder, but he chose another club.
0: <laughs> really? Uh, okay, really? Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, I I I came across that. I think, <laughs> but I didn't
1: look into it. So what happened? So then I was looking through and thinking, wh- who is he talking about? And um, someone was saying it was, uh, and uh, what's his name? Uh, Nuno, what's his name? Nuno,
0: that the Wolves one, yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, yeah, I can't Nevis, remember. Nevers, 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 yeah, yeah, Ruben Neves. I think it was Neves yeah,
1: yeah. Ruben Neves. yeah. And somebody else was saying it was another midfielder, maybe it was Casemiro. he never, <laughs> yeah, he never
0: nah, I don't think it was Casemiro. <laughs> but nah, um, nah, nah.
1: yeah, so. Uh, but Klopp is uh, is the funniest, uh, funniest guy around. You know, we were going to buy somebody, yeah. but yeah, he chose somebody. Else. He chose a better
0: club. Nah, he's he's Klopp is all about the path, you know, to authenticity. Yeah, remember that. What did he say again? Brain fog. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, but he said, yeah. That why, was a funny. No, no. He said, "Why, why?" <laughs> he goes, "When I say that, when I say, uh, brain fog, why, why is everybody, uh, why well, am I might not allowed like to say it?" But he said, "Brain fog."
0: Yeah. 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 Exactly. <laughs> that, that was a bit of a mad video. Uh, but now you know, what think, is Oz, the thing is that, you know what it is, offline as well, and obviously we don't want to go too much into this yet, but that banter's heating up a bit on our WhatsApp group, right or wrong? Yeah,
1: we have a deluded Arsenal supporter who's, uh, you know, <laughs> who thinks <laughs> that extremely Arsenal's going to, extremely, he, he thinks Arsenal's going to, as the only team that can challenge City for the title, you know, I don't know what people think about that. So, uh, yeah, Arsenal, Arsenal, they're going to come down in a couple of months. So, you know, it's just standard. Just like the cycles, isn't it? It's like they're they're, they're more like, I would say, you know, like a new coin that pumps on exchange and then it goes up like in the first day or first two days. And then, you know, by the next
0: uh, week or two, it's uh, below its uh, pre-sale price. So that's Arsenal for you. (laughs) Yeah, we're going to go to one of those in in, in, towards the end of the show. Yeah, I want to ask you a question about one of our experiences in these pre-sales. But Oz, um, you know, you gave a market update um, a couple of days ago. Um, so just, you know, as tradition, what's what's the latest happening in the markets today? You know, if you give a brief overview. Yeah, so uh, today actually was what was
1: interesting. And if you did notice yesterday, Bitcoin was uh, in the, uh, I think it was about twenty thousand 400. And uh, it's come down a bit by four $500 today because of the consumer confidence. So consumer confidence is, you know, it's just what it says is like how confident are uh people willing to spend and people uh the the analysts thought that it was going to be a lot lower um because it was uh 95.7 points last month and and the analysts thought it's going to be even lower so confidence is going to be at all-time low but unexpectedly it was 103 points so so people although what's happening around um the world they're still confident in buying so you might think to yourself, "Hang on a minute, that, that's good." So why is the market dropping? No, but it's, it's, it's the opposite because what that then gives the Fed uh, room to do is that the Fed are going to say, "Okay, people are still happy to buy; the economy is strong; we can raise rates even higher." So it's actually the the opposite effect. So uh, the markets have dumped uh, stock markets and uh, crypto markets is because now uh, people are thinking, "Hang on a minute, the Fed has more room now to dump. I mean, to raise the the rates." Uh, you know to maybe 75 basis points or 100 basis points so the market is scared again and it's panicking so it, you've seen a, a little sharp uh drop in in price but nonetheless uh what what i'm looking at today again is a dxy is something that's very important and you know the dxy is still um it's hovering around the high of 108.8 uh, and i think that's this is a key level now so if, if dxy consolidates on the 108 level, like I said before, the next level is is 112, and it's really high. You know, 112, probably 113, and that will drastically, I think, bring big uh, bring big problems to uh, risk assets uh, such as crypto, Bitcoin. So um, this is something to watch. The mem- Although I am on the flip side, on the bullish side, if you, if you would say it is running out of steam, and there are bearish divergences. Now again, bearish divergence. It could it could take it to one hundred and thirteen, and then the bearish divergence plays out, or it could start playing out now. So this is a interesting uh, time to watch the DXY. That that's one of the key charts that everybody should be looking at because if the dollar does uh, start going up and increasing even more, then uh, Bitcoin, uh, you know, and all your favorite coins will be uh, going down to new lows. So that one hundred eight level, one hundred eight point five level, I think it is 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 very key. Uh DXY continues to hold that and rally up to you know the next if it breaks its uh you know um high which was about 109.5 and it rallies to 113 then that's going to be a big problem for uh crypto and the stock markets in general so this is what we're looking at is the dxy
0: okay interesting oz because um you know looking at the dxy we're seeing it hovering around 108 yesterday so went to 109 above 109 and I think um, it's been 20 years since uh, the DXY has uh, reached this um, high. You know, considering the macroeconomic situation 20 years ago, what correlations do you see um, between that time, at the beginning of the millennia, and now? Yes, so um,
1: the last time it was this high, when was it? It was, uh, let me just go back. I think 20, 20, 20, 2002. So that was when it was... Uh, quite close to the dot com um, crash uh, so you know to uh, 2000 and yeah 2001 2002 then it was coming down from the from the um that it was going up towards into the dot com crash and that was the dot com bubble so you know if the thing is you know are we are we gonna get to that point again are we gonna get to that hundred and, uh, 12 range it's just because of the macroeconomic situation at the moment where you have, uh, you know, an energy crisis in, in Europe, which, you know, there's a lot of uh, talk at the moment where there's going to be power cuts and, you know, energy crisis. The energy prices are so high in the UK. They're going actually, I think they're saying by 80% up in October. So there's a lot of fear uh, among, among people. So people are not really investing. They don't really want to invest. You know, if you, you can't really invest if you don't have any money to pay for, uh, goods and services if you don't have enough money to pay for your bills so everybody is fearful at the moment and um, unless this um, inflation uh, and you know inflation the energy crisis even the war that's happening in ukraine unless things don't start getting better soon you know maybe we will see a a, a crash so you know that's when you look at the macroeconomic picture it's logical to say that this could still go on for for some time until we start seeing uh you know things return not back to normal but things start coming down and when and, and there's a famous saying you don't fight the fed if fed are tightening and if the fed are raising rates you know that's uh, that's logical to think you know I'm I'm going to keep my money in the dollar so oh, and another reason the dollar's going uh, skyrocketing is because the euro's coming down the euro's crashing down you know the pound as well as is, is not not that great at the moment so um it's just uh, it's just an interesting time you know uh, at the moment to to look at and maybe not be so bullish, but then again you, you have to really look forward markets are markets are forward looking they're not looking at now they're looking at six months down the line. so in six months down the line, will we start coming out of this and if that's the case, maybe now is a good time to start accumulating um it's just one of them things, and obviously everybody has has to have their own risk tolerance on their system um to to invest in could I see us going down another 50%, 40%, you know, yeah, sure. I can, I, I could, you know, it's not unrealistic. That Bitcoin won't go down to 15,000 or 13,000, you know, that you could make an argument for that, but also this could be the bottom. It's just one of those things. I know it's not helpful for people out there that, you know, Oz is saying that this could be the bottom or then again, we can go 50% down. It's, nobody knows the future, but you have to take everything with a, with a pinch of salt and you have to, also have your system. So for example, if you had ten thousand dollars, you might say to yourself, Okay, I'll put I'll punt uh, 30% now or 40%, I'll put in to Bitcoin at the moment. And if it does go down another 30-40 percent, I'll put some more in. So you gotta have your street. You can't just have like a one Hail Mary price where you just go in. I don't think that really works. <laughs> so yeah, that's my take on it at the moment.
0: Yeah. No, interesting cause we've you know Previously done a few hail marys in our time, yeah? <laughs> and they haven't really worked out. So yeah, like you're mentioning, probably the best strategy is, uh according to someone, to dollar cost average, or you know, using their levels or whatever they they defined according to their research. But as you know, today's discussion talking about this Ethereum merge, yeah, it's a bit of an interesting one because look, Bitcoin is around, okay, and you know, Bitcoin is the mother of all cryptocurrencies, and obviously Ethereum is there with a massive uh, network, you know, with so many projects that are under the Ethereum um, network, it's it's quite a significant thing this merge is, okay? Now, a lot of people have seen this touted around what merge is about, and sometimes it can get a bit technical. But I think it's good that we use this opportunity in this podcast to talk about what exactly the merge is. And I'll try to break it down, and I'm using some resources that I've been reading up on On the ethereum website as well as a few others so look when we first of all even before discussing what the merge is about okay it's important to understand a bit of history related to ethereum so we're talking about ethereum ethereum traditionally and at the moment it uses what we call a proof of work system yeah p-o-w and p-o-w is something which is run by miners Okay, and that obviously we see gas fees for mining or mining fees, GUI fees, and so on. You know what? Uh, uh, sorry, is, sorry, sorry do, uh, doc, like,
1: it's interesting. You just said proof of yeah. work because I need proof of your work, yeah. and you do gas a lot as well. So it's uh, <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's quite interesting. You know what it is, Oz? Right? <laughs> uh, that's quite a, quite a good, uh, pun there, uh, Oz. Yeah, I have to give it to you. I have to give you credit <laughs> to that one. But but no, no there's a lot of work. No, there's no proof. <laughs> okay, of you are going you, you know continue. what it is. Yeah the mine the, mi- the miner's what they do is they they buy a lot of uh, hardware and obviously it's expensive um graphic cards and so on and it uses a lot of energy electricity to mine their transactions in the traditional proof of work or pow uh networking system and obviously when miners do this, there's, do mine there's an incentive to that and they in return they get issuances on their block and they also get rewards in mining as well. Like, we can't say complete mining fees. They get part of the mining fee as well, and that's the incentives. So I read somewhere.
1: Proof, sorry, sorry, yeah, I read somewhere that Ethereum uses as much electricity as
0: Switzerland in its proof of work uh, model. You know, I don't know if that's true, See, but that, that's what I read. There, there, there is a lot of narratives around that, and I'll, I'll touch upon this issue related to energy consumption in a bit, Oz, because. You know this is one of the biggest arguments that are is branded isn't it you know it's a criticism against the whole uh crypto economy or the whole space but i think this is one of the objectives why uh ethereum wants to shift from this uh, proof of work to what you call pos or proof of stake so proof of stake is a network they validate and secure this and who are the validators they're people who actually stake the ethereum And when they stake the Ethereum, they can validate uh, the network and the transactions just become a bit seamless. So the argument here, what you're coming on to, Oz, is that it's less energy consuming. Yeah, yeah, that's what I read. But the point is, look, yeah, yeah. And um, the point is, look, Oz, if you think about it, the Ethereum network is a monster of a network i mean how many projects run definitely on the Ethereum, definitely uh, yeah. ecosystem so oh, many yeah so you know it's a it's a bit of a tricky situation and it's quite dangerous if you think about it because transitioning from proof of work to proof of stake uh, you know it, it could be a bit complicated because if you think about it imagine if you hold transactions to change your whole networking uh mechanism yeah now, if if Ethereum network were to halt their transactions, imagine you know the transactions that would be halted. That, ha- that could obviously amount to billions of dollars. Confidence in this in the whole ecosystem would be lost, right or wrong, and it would be a bit of a disaster. It could be shut down. Yeah, it could be shut like down. Like Solana. Yeah, there you go. Solana's uh, Solana
1: yeah. done it a few times. They shut down a few times. So you never yeah,
0: know. exactly. So I think Ethereum, even before coming onto their launch here, yeah, they had this like plan that was to. Take or transition from proof of uh, of work to proof of stake, and this transaction has a bit of a tricky situation. And Ethereum, what they did do was was um, they wanted to test this uh, proof of work system. And I remember back in the days, just before the bull bull uh, the last bull cycle, December when Bitcoin went to broke its previous all time high. Yeah, I don't know what Ethereum price was, but we're not talking about prices here. Um December 2002, and I'm sure you remember, Oz, there was a lot of hype related to this beacon chain on Ethereum. Yeah, beacon chain. Yeah, yeah. I remember the beacon chain, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that beacon chain, the objective of the beacon chain, and they actually outlined this before Ethereum was even launched back uh, a few years back, that they would split the network into two and the beacon chain would act as a testnet, okay? Uh, That's one side. So it acts as a testnet while simultaneously working with the traditional proof-of-work system that already exists. So when the beacon chain came, they tried to, or they attempted, or the objective was to actually test proof-of-stake while the proof-of-work is still continuing in its old system. reason for this was, number one, to test it, okay? And uh, number two, to keep it separate. So it's like, a, obviously, you get a, a circle and you split into two. One is the proof-of-stake. Uh, POS under the Beacon chain and the other one is a traditional um, proof of uh, work. The other one is proof of stake, the other one is proof of work. So, this is one objective and, you know, by doing this, since 2000 and, 2000 and December 2001, was it? 22? 2000, yeah, 21. 2020. 2020, yeah. Just before the, yeah, the new year, when the Beacon chain was, uh, was released. So, they've had Almost two years because obviously the merge has been announced that it will be probably happen uh, in a couple of weeks, I think in the middle of September. And um, what is the merge? So, you've got the other side of this, the proof of work side onto this, which is two phases, okay? And um, you know, another objective of this we're talking about Oz, is the Ethereum or the Beacon chain taking its time two years. It also gives enough time for stakers from 2000 to december 2020 sorry december till now when the merge does occur that ethereum would have enough time to have sufficient uh eth staked to secure network in preparation for the merge yeah so what is the merge is it 32 eth no and i'm going to clarify that that misconception as well because you know you have this eth one and eth two okay the merge between these type of things, there would no longer be any ETH1 and ETH2. It's it's like this, and I'm copying this analogy, so forgive me, yeah? I don't want to plagiarize, but I think it's a good analogy, okay? And I watched it on a video on the, on the Ethereum uh, Foundation website, yeah? And it gives an interesting analogy, which actually really, you know, puts it into a practice. So imagine you've got a, a car, Oz, yeah? Okay, you've got a car, of course, yeah? Yep. Um, don't talk about bike. That's that's a different story. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. So you have got a car, Oz, yeah, and you're running on a mechanical engine, right or wrong? You're not into this uh Tesla stuff, yeah? Okay. Or hybrid stuff. Yeah. I, I'm not gonna say you're into it. But I know got, I I know, I know somebody who is. Yeah, awesome supporters. But you know, yeah, let's talk about <laughs> let's talk about us some, some other time. But Oz, so you've got a mechanical engine, and that's what you call proof of work, yeah. But this car is built okay. with a, uh, an electric engine at the same time. So it's running simultaneously, but it's running separately at, at, at the same time. So it's being tested for a massive road trip, yeah? And you know those massive road trips that I used to do. So, you know, it's been tested. The ones used to get lost. <laughs> no, I never got lost in the road trip, yeah? But, you know, it's been tested in that way, running for a year and a half, without the car actually stopping. And the stopping is when the Ethereum network, if it were to hold, then obviously billions of dollars of transactions would just stop. So it would transition or merge the electrical engine into the mechanical engine. The mechanical engine would cease to exist where the merge comes in and then the proof of work goes on and it should happen seamlessly Yeah, as as an analogy. But look, Oz, how risky is this? I mean, how it's complicated- a it's a risk because yeah the thing is
1: although I, you know I know they've been testing it for what two years the beacon chain and uh, they they're saying that it's 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 you know I've I've read quotes where they said even if the proof of work network was to go down and uh, collapse they they could easily merge everything onto the proof of stake network but you don't know for un, unforeseen bugs you know anything can happen uh, once they do it properly and they. Yeah, merge, you know, uh, they, they switch from uh, proof of work to proof of stake. Any bug could come up, you know, it's it, what it's like in computing and testing, and it could be it could be a problem. Uh, but they seem confident, they seem to know what they're doing. Um, I don't know, we'll, we'll have to uh, find out. I think it's September 15th that, that they're looking to finalize this date, but yeah, it is risky. And um, I don't know, and I, I was gonna ask you another question, um, uh, regarding this, yeah, I don't know if you're gonna touch on it later or, or now, but um. Well, there's a lot of, uh, mis- I don't know if it's misconception, a lot of people are thinking out there that um, once the merge happens to proof of stake, that all the gas fees will come down. Because I remember back in the days, you know, where, when uh, the transaction, when the ETH chain was clogged up with lots of transactions, it sometimes it's to cost more than the token that you wanted to buy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Or um, if, if you were buying, the, you know, the gas fees would go into the hundreds of dollars, maybe sometimes even thousands of dollars, depending, and it was sometimes at one point i i i I remember a lot of people just stopped using uh um what's that what's the um what's that program called um uniswap the one where you buy coins uniswap yeah pancake swap uniswap and all that you know i remember a lot of my friends saying oh how can i even buy even if they want to put a little bit a few hundred dollars in so the gas fees are you know triple quadruple that so what's the point so can you comment a bit about
0: the gas fees yeah, so I will I will come onto that a bit later, Oz. But just to look, uh, you know, in a bit more detail. But looking at that, there's, there's a lot of misconceptions that people don't realize related to uh, gas fees. People think that the merge will solve all of these issues, and that's not even the objective of Ethereum. They never mention anything. Will it solve your gas fees? No, my gas fees are never solved, Oz. Yeah. <laughs> but no, <laughs> the merge it says here, Oz. It says the merge is a change of consent consensus mechanism. Okay. Uh, and it will not result in any lowering of gas fees so to be honest with you before before i read this as well i thought that it would probably help the gas fees and it shows the scalability issues that is a massive project and even for ethereum to get to its level of becoming an actual currency that is practically used in my opinion would take considerable time as because the scalability takes time for testing and if it's not reducing gas fees then it cannot be considered from just a reading perspective was to be used as a practical um cryptocurrency rather than a super. so that means uh yeah. yeah so that so that means matic
1: and tokens like matic and optimism and zk roll-ups and all of the you know zk uh sync and all them, them sort of tokens they still they still have a, a future in the in the ecosystem because i remember a lot, um, having a conversation with one of my friends uh, i think it was uh, a, a few months ago and and he was saying that he, like his concept he he thought that because of the merge uh matic and all those sort of coins they'll be useless because uh, ethereum can, will be able to scale and uh, you know the gas fees will come down but you're saying to me what you're saying now is that this is actually a misconception and it, that could still take, an, you know, a few more years. Uh, so, it's interesting.
0: Yeah, my opinion is about the scalability. It could take a few more years for it to be practical enough. Because, look, not my opinion, Oz. Look, I'm just reading what exactly what the misconception is clarified on the Ethereum website officially. So, they 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 don't claim this. And the thing is, maybe what it is, is just out of hype. What usually happens is people... They don't do enough research, okay? And I know it's very difficult to go into some technical things like this. To be honest with you, this is a new thing for me, too, uh, when looking at this subject. So, a lot of people get rolled up, uh, a bit up to the hype. Someone may say that Chinese whispers happen, and then, you know, uh, people think all of a sudden that there's no use for ZK roll ups. But I still think, for example, these ZK roll up projects are going to be extremely beneficial, as you've seen OP and uh, in the next you know, how how efficient it is in terms of doing transactions and swapping coins on these uh, Arbitrum and, you know... Didn't OP we, uh, didn't we,
1: uh, before OP came out, didn't we coin that term before? Uh, do you remember?
0: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I swear you killed me with that one. You know, it's, I'm about to faint. That is a mad one. Look, that's a private joke and we shouldn't be saying these things, yeah? But OP, uh, it was, I I I know I vividly
1: remember mm. it was after the Anthony Joshua Ruiz fight one or uh, two, sorry two in um, in Riyadh, yeah, where we went to, and uh, we were driving after back that We coined this. Yeah, we, dri- <laughs> we were driving back and we uh, coined this term of OP. And funny enough, the tokens out now. So yeah, it, it was. Uh, it's, yeah, uh, it's amazing how the world works.
0: Yeah, What's that say? Obviously, side. our, obviously, <laughs> our uh,
1: meaning of OP is kind of slightly different to uh, uh, the, the optimism, optimism network that's out. But I think it could be, uh, you know, it's still optimistic. I think even our our coin.
0: Uh, uh, no, definitely used to do some the op- optimism there, okay? Definitely optimal. Okay, now, answers on the postcode, listeners, yeah? But I don't think you're ever going to get what our definition of OP is. but but us yeah reducing gas fees but you know you asked earlier about this issue of um energy consumption isn't it yeah now their goal is to reduce energy energy consumption used by miners miners electricity graphics cards expensive so they want to reduce consumption they're saying they're targeting 99.9 percent reduction in energy when they're transitioning to a pos so it's going to be Interesting, Oz, when this merge does happen, there's no uh, Ethereum 2. Ethereum 2 is just going to be integrated uh, with Ethereum 1. It's just going to become Ethereum now. And, you know, just to clarify a few misconceptions as well, Oz, yeah? Um, Also talking about this issue of, you know, what incentives there are uh, for ETH, this issuance, yeah? So, you know, we're talking about, um, you know, like we have a Bitcoin halvening, yeah? So they're going to create something which is like a triple halvening, which is like, you know, in order to uh, issue the blocks and make it more seamless, it's like halvening on steroids, basically. So um, that's another incentive. I'm not sure about slashing the tokens, Oz, but I think it's just going to become a bit easier um but i'll have to look into that honest on, this, on it, to be honest with you oz about this uh what they mean by triple so what, a, trip, what they, a, a, a triple a triple harvesting on september the 15th or triple harvesting just programmed into the blockchain a program into the blockchain i believe oz i think it will happen a bit more in the future um but okay. yeah so yeah but look um some misconceptions oz related to this yeah um yeah go on you know you mentioned one of them about the gas fees isn't it yeah Okay, Yeah. Now, the gas, gas fees, yeah. gas fees, one. yeah, big You also asked about the staking, about 32 uh, ETH. 32 ETH. Yeah, no, yeah. They, they, according to their website as well, as under the misconceptions things, they're saying anybody, you don't require 32 ETH, to, you don't require 32 ETH staking, yeah, to run a node. Okay, anybody's free to sync, it says here, their own verified copy of Ethereum, Uh, no ETH is required. OK, not before the urge, not after the merges never existed. So that's that's another one. Also, an issue as well about transactions being faster. So, you know, these are massive misconceptions. Rejection of gas fees, uh, staking 32 ETH, transactions will become faster as well. They're also saying, no, this is false. There may be some slight changes, but transaction speed is going to mostly remain the same as, a, as it was on layer one, which is does give actual a lot of confidence to um these uh, other projects that you're talking about Oz like you mentioned about OP and uh Matic and so on Polygon right or wrong
1: yeah exactly yeah yeah exactly. The, the other thing I was reading was about the uh 51% attack you know for example that's the major you know if 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 any um if any uh miners for like in the proof of work system you need 51% to basically take over the network and uh, and so if you got 51% of the of the of the miners on your side which is virtually impossible especially in in, in bitcoin because it would cost way too much to get them all on your side uh, then you could hack the network but in proof of stake I, I i don't know if i'm right but this is what i read that uh, is it's, it's a more secure system they're saying because if somebody does do that all they'll do is just they'll uh, slash their tokens and they'll you know the, the anything that they stake because you have to stake to be a validator so so let's just say somebody got 51% together you know 51 uh, percent, and they uh started to uh, hack the network all that they could do is uh wipe out their tokens uh one time so you you know it's like one you get one shot at this you're going to get the rewards uh you know for for the blocks being created you know you're going to you're going to risk all of that and all of your money because if, if it's 51 percent, you, you you can have a lot of money in eth but once they find out and they basically uh, find out that it's you and all group of you, you'll just, uh, your, your stake will be gone. So, you know, it's a kind of interesting uh, concept that I read.
0: Yeah, that is because it obviously protects the network in that way, isn't it? Uh, rather than, cr- you know, creating a miners revolution, um, to overtake the network. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I don't know. Let's see how it works. Yeah. Let's see how it works. And, um, factoring this into or just to, you know, finish off on this subject of, uh, the ethereum merge you know talking about from a market perspective obviously it's very difficult to predict and you know you're done with predictions because i don't think you've ever been into predictions from a serious uh, perspective because it's just too um what do you call only it? man united yeah but even then <laughs> even then uh, it's questionable only man united is questionable but oz what do you reckon about this i mean in terms of like you know, from your sentiments, yeah, when it comes to projects like this or scalability or upgrades in a massive network like this, from your experience looking at the markets, does it have any blip on the markets short term or what? It could, you know, it could. Um, Ethereum, you know, could start leading the market.
1: It has been leading the market. Anyway, even this last pump, ETH, I think we're from $700. I think that was a low around 700 800 I can't remember exact. And it went to, uh, I think, 2000 almost. So, actually did get to 2,000. So, you know, it's come back down to about 1,500, 1,400, you know, closer to the merge, uh, you know, we're in September, you could say now. So a um, couple of weeks time, you could see some bullish uh, signs again. But obviously, ultimately, you have to look at the wider uh, macro environment, the wider, well, for me, I have to look at the DXY and and, and that sort of um, stance before I get really bullish. You now, if I see the DXY, uh, showing weakness, real weakness, and uh, actually reversing, coming down, then, yeah, of course, I think uh, Ethereum will fly and a lot of cryptocurrencies will fly. And Ethereum will probably fly a lot more, uh, faster and harder because of the because of the merge. But for me, I generally look at the wider market. And um, I don't know if it's going to, I don't, you know, I'm, I'm reluctant to say that it's in spite of everything going down and Ether is just the only one that's going up. I'm not so sure about that. If it does go up, I think everything will go up, but it may go faster than than the rest. But um, yeah, have, for me, I'm just looking more at the, uh, I'm just looking
0: at a wide range of charts rather than just the Ethereum chart at the moment. Oz, you know something, yeah? And I don't, you know, when you were speaking about this, you know, this question came into my head and I don't believe I've, even not, I've ever asked you this question, yeah? It's been a bit of a mystery. Um, no, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm not going to marry you. <laughs> I wouldn't <laughs> ask, yeah? Uh, listeners, yes, okay, okay. I don't know what he's trying to get, at. but Oz, you know what it is. I want to ask you about, like, your opinion on on uh, ETH. I mean, what's what's your personal opinion on this project? I, I know you you detach yourself, like, from you know your emotions from investing in things like that, but just from like a fundamental perspective, do you actually like Ethereum? <laughs> do I like? I don't like the gas
1: fees. I, it's clunky. I don't like that sort of stuff. You know, the transaction. When 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 it gets really busy, I I I don't like ETH. But to be honest, ETH is a good project. It, it's you know it's important. A, a lot of projects. So yes, yeah. it's so important because I, I don't know if it's ninety percent, eighty percent, whatever the percentage is. People are building up on ETH. So ETH is like um, it's like you know you have Lego and everybody's putting blocks on it. So for me, ETH is vital and I you know ETH is it's here to stay. Um, Vitalik, you know, had a great picture today. If you <laughs>
0: That was a mad picture,
1: wasn't it? <laughs> that was mad. I don't know what he put down in his trousers. I have or if, no you
0: know, idea. But if if it was
1: awkward. Yeah. You, know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, but Vitalik, you know, he's, just, he's smart a smart guy. a smart guy. He yeah, has, yeah. you know, someone. And uh, yeah, I think ETH is here. You know, it's been here for so long now. What, 2000, when did it come out? 2012 or 13. And um, it's, it's, you know, it's standing the test of time. So, and it's number two. It's always been number two. So, um, yeah, I think ETH is here for. I think it's a good project. I think it's if I was to like, I haven't inv- like, I wouldn't invest in ETH or Bitcoin. That's just my personal strategies. It's something that, that you know I, I I do. But if I was to pick one, I would pick Ethereum just because of a re- return of investment. But that's just, just me. So ETH is uh, it's, it's, yeah, I, I'm I'm uh, I'm bullish on ETH, and I think it's uh, for long term. I think it's a good project.
0: Yeah, fair enough, Oz. So um. Oh you know, like a few questions, yeah. And look, I've got my personal question I wanted to ask you, and your experience related to something that we experienced quite recently, yeah. Because casting our our let's cast back to Friday, yeah. Was it Friday? Friday? I think it was Friday. Friday early morning, yeah. You and I, we were both up, okay. Uh, you know, you were in front of your laptop. I was, the listeners are getting a, the listeners that, are getting the wrong yeah, idea. Yeah, you were separate in a different country on your laptop checking uh Hubie and uh M E X C okay and I was doing the same <laughs> yeah. okay and we had some hopes related to a to- token launch yeah because we had invested this in this uh project um invested some money in this project and we had hopes that even during this bear market I see um launch on an exchange being a polka dot parallel chain winner that there, would some, there was some optimism, Oz. And this project, we had uh, a representative of this project on our show, Nodal Network, Elliot was on there. You know, IOT and things like this. But Oz, to be honest with you, I haven't seen... I personally haven't witnessed a bigger downer, yeah, <laughs> on a listing than I saw on that day. Because we were talking, we were like a bit dreaming, isn't it? That where it could get to, you know... And at the moment, it's a third of the pre-sale price, or roughly half a third, I'm not sure. I mean, what was all that about? I mean, is that related to the actual project, having 21 billion uh, tokens, total tokens? Or is it just a bad bad timing in terms of launch? Because there's a lot of criticism on Twitter. And Oz, look, we have this token, okay? We're going to just speak openly about this whole thing. We'd have no... Uh, allegiances to uh any project or any investor or any seeds or any vcs or whatever okay we're looking at about from profitability here but what, what you know what's your honest opinion about this what, what yeah, is that? you know what it is it's it's
1: uh i, I think it to be honest is it's, it's a bit it's a bit it's bullshit <laughs> what they did because okay. uh, what i think is that um once the pre-sale happened they had certain terms or uh, you know of uh, lock up of um, uh, tokens. It was it was a it was a different thing. Then they uh, decided to change the terms in term in, in a way where they then locked. You know they gave all the tokens instead of having like a twenty percent twenty percent. They gave a hundred percent. So if they just once they unlocked a hundred percent, you're going to get a massive dump. The, you know. So what you actually went or what we went in for the pre sale, the terms had changed. Uh, and that's what a lot of projects I've noticed—they they do that sort of stuff. They change their terms in ter- when you um, the pre-sale terms is something, and then they just change it. So I, I think that's quite. It, it, to be honest, it's it's not right. And and to, the 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 projects actually piss me off when they do that because it's it's like you're you're getting the investor in a pre-sale, and then all of a sudden you change terms. And projects really need to be honest about what they're doing uh, for for the for the pre-sale prices. And for the, for the early investors, because, you know, a pre-sale is a risk anyway, because you're going into a token that hasn't really got a product. You're taking a big risk with. So you're taking a lot of the risk. That's why you're getting at a, at a cheap price. But then when you are sort of dishonest and change the terms of uh, of the pre-sale and the tokenomics and what's happening, uh, then it, you're stuck. We're, we're stuck with it because you can't really do anything. Uh, they've changed the terms. They, they don't offer any kind of refund. Uh, that I know of maybe they did I'm not sure about that but from what I know they didn't offer any refunds to say okay have your money back if you don't want to invest and of course if you unlock 100% of the tokens it's going to have a massive crash uh, on the on the price and uh, that's what's happened so yeah I'm not really too impressed with not just Nodal quite a few of the pre-sale uh, uh, um, companies or projects when they change their terms um, because it's not fair, really, for the investor. And obviously, we're taking the risk. But these projects as well, they, they should be called out in terms of uh,
0: changing, changing their terms when it suits them. Uh, I don't think it's right. Yeah, I think it was a, a bit of a balls-up, Oz, uh, to be honest with you. And you're right. There's a, there's, there needs to be a bit of transparency uh, related to that. And similar to some of the Polkadot projects, Oz, uh, some of the winners like um, HKO and Para. I mean, you know, you had people locking their Kusama and Polkadot. Well, not Polkadot. You had a lot of people locking the Kusama for forty-eight weeks, okay. And the, the the lock has come and gone. They've won a power chain, whatever. And there's there's no token release, you know. And and you know, to you be know honest, what's funny, yeah, know,
1: yeah. what's funny. I think I read. I I can't like. But this is if you'll get the gist. So somebody who locked up fifteen Polkadot. Is now worth twenty cents, like that's the kind of ratio. I think something like that. That's so crazy, you, you basically locked up. You've locked up fifteen polkadot for twenty cents. So how does that work? It, it makes no sense. And uh, what they were obviously doing at the at that period of time to what's happened now, it's. Uh, I'm not surprised the community are uh, angry because um, when you get into pre-sale, you think you're going to get some
0: benefit, but uh, you have to be wary as well, I guess. Yeah, was this true, you know that. And I think look, we discussed this in previous podcasts as well about your stance related to that yeah about not you know locking up your polka dot because you thought it'd be beneficial and you actually sold and you know you can buy for cheap now whereas me i took a d- different approach and i actually locked in okay which is a bit stupid to be honest with you but from a long-term perspective yeah fair enough we can always use the long-term perspective and zoom out or whatever but sometimes you can also just uh, compound if you sell and you just buy cheaper which is inevitable even if it was on a downtrend but us. This WhatsApp yeah. message really killed me. Um, while we were looking, yeah, you took a screenshot yeah. of uh, buy and sell orders of Nodul on that day, on the listing day, yeah? And there was someone <laughs> who was buying, I think, 200 million or 20 million Nodal tokens for free. <laughs> that was mad. 0.0000001.
1: Something. Yeah, yeah, something, something like, like that.
0: Yeah. yeah. So, uh, good on. And, and it, I bet I bet it's what it went through. <laughs> Could have went through, you know that you know he made a bit of a cheeky <laughs> one, but you know, at the end of the day, if, if he if he got it, then you know, uh, good on him, fair play, yeah, fair play, <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly.
0: Oz, one more question that we had uh in our DM, yeah, and this is related to the halvening. Okay, let me just get the question out, okay, yeah, so um, Bitcoin uh, halvening will happen after. In in 2024, a lot of people are asking and think that all time highs will reach reach after the Bitcoin halving six months after. What is your opinion on this?
1: You know, that's uh, it, could happen. Uh, you know, I don't, it's hard to uh, predict that far ahead, you know, 2024, 2025, when, when the next halving is. But the problem is, is that you know, um, it, it can happen because. Normally if this is a if this is a bear market in terms of like every other bear market, yeah, the the price Bitcoin didn't make a new all time high uh until the next uh you know halving took place. So um if, you know it's hard to answer that question at the moment. What's my personal opinion? If I if I'm you know, I'm still
0: if I still think man, that yeah.
1: we could see yeah, I still think we could see a rally in 2023. That's why I think I, I do think that. Um and if we do, I think it can go past the uh all time high. But for me, the first and uh priority is uh, it's basically the just a macro environment and uh you know uh nothing's gonna go to all time highs when we're in this kind of environment where everything is uh you know, like I said before, inflation's going up and uh, we have lots of problems in the world. So yeah, I, I just I, I think uh you know, I still think we can have a. A, a rally in 2023, um, but let, let's just let's just wait and see. And if you just want to go by safe play and logic, yeah, uh, the next halving will—that's will, when we'll see an all-time high, you know, 2025 or twenty you know, in, in that sort of area, because I think that's when um, uh, you know Bitcoin tends to go on its parabolic run. So if it plays how, how it's been playing since 2008, yeah, then uh, maybe the, the questioner there is correct, and but it's still a great time to accumulate, you know. Uh, and you can still make a lot of money in between there in between you know you don't have to just wait till the all-time high if you if you if you do manage to hit um some prices at all-time low or close to all-time low you could easily make a 10 20 30x way before the before the uh Half you know money. final
0: um, order yeah, or yeah you can make a lot of money
1: you can make a lot you know even when bitcoin back in 2018 went down to three thousand and it rallied to fourteen thousand uh if you had if you had you know uh purchased ethereum or even uh, uh link or token such as that you could have made a 10 x so still money to be made it's just about timing so
0: th- that's what i would say with for that question yeah link that's a bit of a uh bar- a blast from a blast Oz. i haven't heard the link for a long time so we'll maybe look into that sometime uh in the future but you know interesting Oz, that you're talking about this and the macro uh situation and taking a more cautious approach um you know being observant about what that's happening globally and in the you know geopolitics and uh, the economy in general i think we we'll probably discuss this uh in a in a future episode i think we do have that scheduled but oz um any anything else any closing thoughts that you have uh you know no, just looking forward to thursday manchester united versus
1: Leicester. you know hopefully anthony is on the bench probably won't start but i hope his work permit comes through uh, Casimiro to start i think he, you know we'll we'll discuss that the the
0: the, the uh, performance in the next uh, podcast or oh, who are liverpool playing by the way liverpool um oh my god why is my mind blank you know um you know through support you don't even know who they are playing no 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 you know i just uh, google it right now so, uh, yeah, sometimes it happens and we have moments where we forget things, yeah? But um, tomorrow, Liverpool. yeah, we're playing, uh, are they playing too- Newcastle. Newcastle. Yeah, at home. We're playing a tough Newcastle. match, yeah? It is a tough match. Tough Newcastle match. are improving and, uh, yeah, we Saint- won- Saint-Maximin. Yeah, he's a very good player. I was, uh, honestly, he's extremely awkward yeah. and I, I do have a lot of... Uh, you know, I, I like and it I think he he will give Trent he will give Trent some problems on that. Ah, uh, he hasn't you know, in his previous matches. Also, I don't think it's going to change much. So let's see. Anyway, Trent gives himself not. problems. <laughs> he scored a crack at the, uh in that nine word Yeah, nil. I saw that.
1: that. That was a great goal.
0: Yeah, that was victory. a great goal victory. But yeah, Oz, um Other than that, just one thing I want to ask you because you know we're planning about this crypto unplugged. Uh, you know, revamping the website and stuff and this. Uh, Newsletter. I mean, you got any updates, or we're we going to keep that a bit um hush hush at the moment. Yeah, I think uh, you know we're in
1: the planning stage, and I think the newsletter will be very beneficial to uh, everybody. um Just give our thoughts in a more precise, detailed manner. And yeah, I think uh, just wait for it,
0: and and uh, the listeners, I think they will uh, benefit from it greatly. Okay, excellent, and hopefully we look forward to that. Okay, listeners, thank you very much for joining us. Respect to you, Oz. Uh, Staying up late and uh, giving us your insights as well. And um, see you guys next week. Thanks for listening to Crypto Unplugged. We hope you learned something from this episode. For more information, check us out on Twitter at Crypto underscore Unplugged. If you enjoyed this podcast, don't forget to like and review us. And thanks again for listening to Crypto
1: Unplugged.